Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 170. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. Yeah, and we're still doing the spooky month, uh, or spooky, or however you say the Halloween month. Uh, we don't have an official title, but we are doing Andy's pick, which is The Wailing. Um, but before we get into that, uh, guys, what the hell have been watching, playing, or doing? Uh, I'll go first. I watch a TV series that used to be a British TV series, but it, uh, you know they always like to Americanize it, uh, called Utopia. Um, and it has John Cusack, and I, I always forget the, the actor's name, but the the guy from The Office, Dwight Schrute, his actor, he's, he's, he's in it. Uh, and it's about a comic book that comes real, um, and there's like, in the comic, there's like viruses and conspiracies and all that stuff. So it was a good watch, but it got canceled because it came out during COVID, and there was a lot of talk about vaccine and government faking viruses. So, huh. it, did you start watching it knowing that, or did you just start watching it and then get to the end and be like, "Oh, son of a bitch"? No, I I watched. It, I was like, "Oh, this is a pretty good concept. Let me see how they like." Because usually when they get canceled, they'll find a way to wrap it up right into like mm-hmm. knowing that they're they're done. This, th- tell the writers, this yeah. show didn't have they didn't know that they were getting kicked off because the ending literally was a cliffhanger and you're just like oh it never ended <laughs> and i was kind of sad a little bit but uh it was a good show um i guess people were offended uh and didn't like it um another thing uh i played the new NHL 22, I used EA Play because you get to use like a trial thing. They give you 10 hours before you buy it. Uh, Frostbite Engine's pretty good. Uh, I might be buying the game later today because uh, I just want to do the single player stuff more than the online stuff because HUT, you need to spend money in order to win. Uh, I started Resident Evil Revelations. I actually streamed it on the nemesis projects uh youtube channel and uh that was the notification i got i was like what the fuck yeah i i played the first two episodes and there's things that i hate about it but there's it it gets balanced by the things that i like about it so far uh the only thing i'll say is i don't like the enemies (laughs) that's the only thing i don't like so far Uh, i'll explain it quickly there's like a vagina sand monster thing that looks like a blob and you have to scan it to see what it is like they give you the scanning gun that which by the way i don't like that you know you have to use the scanning item and you get to see like items and shit it's called the genesis (laughs) yeah the genesis (laughs) I don't like it because I'm like, just just make the item shiny or make me move shit. I don't want to use a scanner to find items. But there's a vagina monster. There's a uh, big, tall, spaghetti arms guy who, like, sucks your neck that's on the ship. And then there's dogs that look like they have bat wings and shit on their back. And, uh, yeah. It's weird. The monster's design is not very good in that game, honestly. Yeah, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. I like the whole two-team setup, and that's all I'll say so far because I want to save it for the Nemesis Project when we talk about it. 
there's another thing that I want to talk about. Um, I played some Battlefield 2042 beta on the C Xbox Series X. And boy, would oh you boy. call it glitch field or something? Bu a buggy field 2042. Buggy field. Uh, again, the notification I got. Joe Dabs streaming. It called it glitch field, buggy field. <laughs> I will say, Sour Creek stream. Yeah, I will say this. The, there was a lot of bugs, but I enjoyed the gameplay, if that makes any sense, because there's there's a lot of clipping uh, that's going on, and there's invisible <laughs> airplanes and shit, and there's. Uh, I had two crashes and stuff, so maybe the reason why there's a beta slash demo is so that they could fix that situation, and hopefully it will be fixed when it launches because it's coming out literally in, like, I think, three to four weeks. Uh, the game can be so glitchy and fun. I muscled my way through to the end of Cyberpunk, and that game was the fucking disaster, so. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just like, and they're coming out with a trailer on October 14th of their Battle Royale. So I guarantee you, I guarantee you 150% all their resources was in into the Battle Royale mo mode compared to the Conquest mode that I played. So I guess we'll see. Uh, I'm going to hold off on paying 70 fucking dollars, though, uh, until I see that Hayes game is fixed and not bugged. So <laughs> there's no way it's going to be ready in three to four weeks. Yeah. No uh, way. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give it about maybe a sorry for belching but five month uh you know in the oven so that they can get those patches out there after they sell you a fucking 70 dollar game we all know about our opinions about that but uh that's yeah. all that's all i've been playing watching or doing uh utopia and i haven't started squid games yet i heard that's a good show that everybody's craving about um we're gonna go with andy andy what have you been playing watching or doing I watched Squid Game. I did it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I've just been plinking away at it a little bit. I've watched the first three episodes, and part of it was like everyone's like, "This guy's show so fucking good. God damn it, I love it." And like, usually when everyone likes something, I think you know you want you won't have that reverse reaction to it. Like, well, I'm not gonna watch it though. It fucking be hipster. But a lot of people whose opinions I respect said it was really good. And then my girlfriend watched the whole thing, and she wanted to spoil it for me because she didn't have anyone to talk to about it. I said, fine, I'll watch it. And now I'm just watching it with her because she wants to watch it again. She likes it that well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it is actually pretty, really good. <laughs> uh, the first episode is, like, pretty good. But the second episode really hooked me because you learn about all the characters and stuff. But, yeah, it is a good show. I think you'd like it. But I've only seen three episodes so far. I think there's ten or something like that. I'm not sure. They're they're an hour long or is it 40-minute episodes? It's. I think it's an hour. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Okay. I, I heard day. the I heard the first episode's really long, so yeah, maybe it was. I, I genuinely don't remember. But besides that, I watched a crudload of Seinfeld again. I got um, they released a Lego set of Jerry's apartment. If you're watching the video, it's right there. And of course, I had to buy it. And I watched Seinfeld while I was building it. It was a very complete experience. <laughs> uh, I played some more Yakuza Like a Dragon. Not as much as I wanted to. I didn't have a lot of free time this week, but. That game's still a lot of fun. Uh, I played Einhander. It is a PlayStation 1 game developed by Square Enix. It's a side-scrolling shooter. You're a weird spaceship from the moon, and you're on a suicide mission to fuck up everything you can find on Earth, or, but maybe everything isn't as it seems, whatever. 
Uh, that game's hard as shit, though. It's way harder than I remember, and I know I never beat it as a kid. And then um, I had I got a notification from Nintendo that uh, something on my wish list was on sale, and it was the Sega Ages version of Sonic One. And I have this horrible disease where I'm compelled to buy Sonic games I already own three or four times. So I bought Sonic 1 on my Switch, and I've been playing it, and I don't know why. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it before I bought the game, actually. Uh, Zach and I did irrelevant stuff on Sonic 1. I remember talking about the music, and I think I got it wrong. I think I got wrong what the best track is and what my favorite track is and all this other stuff, because I've been coming back to um, the Labyrinth Zone music, and I think... I didn't want to say I liked it because I hate the level. Like, it's my least favorite level. But goddamn, the music to Labyrinth Zone kicks ass. But whatever. Uh, 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 Starline Zone still has great music, too, as does Spring Yard Zone. But the whole soundtrack kicks ass. Yeah, the whole soundtrack's great. There's, there's, not, there's, there's not a bad soundtrack on a Sonic game on the Genesis. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that, it. that's good stuff. All right, Zach, you're up. Well, uh, I watched uh, three Hammer horror films. Watched uh, Curse of Frankenstein. Then I watched The Revenge of Frankenstein, where he gets his revenge, kind of. Um, the monster or the, the doctor? The doctor. It's okay. all about the doctor. <laughs> no, like, uh, I don't want to get into it too much, but like the, the hammer version of Dr. Frankenstein's more interesting. He's got more character to him, I feel like. Um. And the gimmick, without spoiling it really too much, I guess, is uh, throughout the Hammer Frankenstein films is he keeps escaping execution and death somehow. And you have to, you just have to see each time how he's able to like wiggle his way out of it. And it, it's just really entertaining. I've like I've gotten really taken by that. Now I kind of want to see all of them just to see what they do next each time. But um. Uh, Curse of the Werewolf 2, that was one I'd never seen any of before. Uh, it might be the start of the werewolf ones, but uh, I didn't think it was all that good. It was okay, I think, at best. Um, there's just no, like, I didn't know any of the actors in it, and some people, I felt, were trying way too hard. <laughs> some people uh, were just really subdued. Uh and I don't know. They, to me, they spent too much time trying to build up the the werewolf, like a little too a uh, too long, in my opinion. Um, and I did play a bunch of random games over the weekend, but it was just like kind of goofing off stuff. I didn't stick and play anything. It was like uh, it was like Soviet Strike on three D, not three D O, Saturn, uh, Panzer Dragoon. Um, then I played uh, Outlander on Genesis, Arcus Odyssey, and I tell a lie, actually. I beat a game on the Super Nintendo. I beat uh, TMNT 4, Turtles in Time. Yeah, the game kicks ass. And I can't remember the last time I beat that game. It must have been a super duper long time ago because I, I can't recall. It was probably in the 90s. <laughs> I need, and, uh, to, I need to beat I'm, a Super Nintendo game. I need to beat a retro game. So just just to be like my gamer status. Because every time I play a retro game, I'm always like, it's so hard. I can't do this. And then I stop playing. They're not that hard. Should I beat them up? They're not that hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on what you're playing. Like Some games are tough. But uh, by and large, I don't think they're that difficult. 
it's a mood. You got to get in the mood to, to do it. Uh, I'll say this for the most part, they're going to be much shorter games. So if you're like in this funk where you can't commit to a six to eight plus hour game and that, that bugs you, maybe play some older stuff because they won't be that long. Yeah, something like that. Point and click games do that for me too. Yeah. <clears throat> but that that's pretty much it for me. That's that's everything I did. Cool. I'll tell you what, if you ever get in that mood where you just want to like play a bunch of random stuff, I've been loving the Polymega for that because I loaded all the games on it. Everything except um L to Z in my American PlayStation One library. I'm still working PlayStation One is far and away the one that's taking the most time. And I just kind of took a break from it, but you know, you load all the games on it, and they're just there, like on the main screen. You can navigate by console or by release date or by region or whatever you want to do. And I'm always just like, oh, I'm going to play this game for a while. I died. I'm going to play this game now. Oh, okay, I'm sick of this. Oh, I'm going to go play this game for a while. Like, just jumping from game to game, just you know, at the drop of a hat. I really like it. Like, th- There is something nice about like getting up, browsing the shelf, and putting the game in a little thing and stuff. But this is just, bam, bam, bam. It's just so fast. I, I play four games in an hour. Yeah. Nice. I think I want to hit up two games that I. It's one of my favorite Nintendo franchises. Is this, uh, the Super Nintendo version of uh, Star Fox and then Star Fox 64. I think I want to hit up those two games. Those are good ones. First yeah. one's a little harder, I think, but yeah. Yeah, I think 64 is my favorite. Yeah. All right, Andy, this is your pick. Uh, another uh, Korean film. Um, yeah, I, I when we were watching Memories of Murder, I kept thinking about this movie. Maybe you can see why. Like they both take place in like a rural South Korean town. The protagonist is a cop. Mm-hmm. Like, they both kind of have some of the same stuff going on. Can, can I? What is with Asian films making like cops look stupid? Because every film that I'm I. Stupid. Because <laughs> the, the other one, I mean, obviously it was on purpose that they were making them goofy and shit, but like they were, had a serious tone. And the same thing happened here a little bit where the cop, like, he was being all goofy. Like, even the captain was like getting on it. Oh, you're using your mother in law as a, an excuse. Oh, you're using your, your daughter as an excuse, even though the daughter was actually having, you know, a sick episode. It was that, that one was, that was an actual excuse. Yeah. It's just like they always make the cops look silly, and I don't know why. That's something I've began to notice about South Korean film in general is they don't give a fuck about genre conventions. They they like if they hypothetically if rental stores still existed and they were in South Korea, I don't think you'd arrange them by genre very effectively because at least all the ones I've been seeing, they're like part action part comedy part horror part suspense a lot of them, like this this movie is sure it's 60 percent or more horror for sure mm-hmm. but then you know there's suspense and there's some comedy in there for some reason especially at the beginning and memories of murder was kind of similar and uh, parasite is another one that defies explanation um i know neither of you have seen it but uh, uh jsa is another one it's like a mystery crime procedural drama drama like a bunch of stuff all put together like i don't know i don't know how you get in that headspace to make films because we were brought up on like comedy romance 
something really specific, but they just they just make movies. Just was that day they're like, eh, this scene's gonna be funny. Fuck it. So it's not just Bong Joon Ho. It's other people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is um, I can't remember the guy's name. Something Nah, I, I think. And uh, JSA was a uh, something Park. I, I don't know any of their names. Korean names are a little difficult for me because they all have the hyphenated surname. But uh, uh, something Park is the guy who did Old Boy. Nah Hong Jin is the director. Nah Hong Jin. There you go. Yeah, and that, that's all I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess uh, at least uh, uh, whatever the guy's name is, something Park, like Old Boy, for instance, is yeah, it's just a revenge movie. That's just an action movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, this movie was really, really like it. Like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had that slow build. This kind of had a bit, had its own slow build because. You know, you're you're learning about these people that are somehow getting infected, but then there's like this cold demon stuff that's happening because you know when they go into crime scene, like what the fuck is going on here? And yeah, it's a again, it's a rural Korean town. The guy's a cop, and there's been a bunch of people who keep getting sick and then like murdering their whole family, like brutally. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the the framework for the the plot. And they're trying to figure out what's going on, and it started happening around the time this Japanese guy started living in the woods. So people are telling rumors about him. He's crazy. He was eating a raw deer. He attacked me. He raped a woman. He did all this terrible stuff. So they start investigating him. Mm-hmm. Sort of like it's not like an official like. Hey, I'm a detective. Here's my badge. I'm here to investigate something. No, they're just like beat cops. One of them's a sergeant, and they just go up there and just like harass the guy, pretty much. Yeah. Um. What was creepy to you about this movie, Andy? Because there was a couple things that were creepy to me in this. Uh, one, I I always am like a little bit afraid about demon shit and all the paranormal so like when stuff with the kid and like seeing the dude like throw up blood out of nowhere i was like oh shit what the fuck and then obviously yeah (laughs) and and like you know all those dreams that the nightmares that the people were having with the you know obviously the the japanese guy being with the glowy eyes like that's what gets me in this film well they set you up right away with gore like be the murder scenes People were covered in blood. Uh, she was stabbed 24 times or something, they say. And they go to the guy's house, and it's like he's got like a, a creepy, like filthy, like a nest almost. Like his house is just like tore up, and he's just been living in filth pretty much. Yeah. And now he's all dirty and covered in sores and stuff. Like that stuff, that get that gets me going right away. Because that's, I don't, that, make, that makes me really uncomfortable, that kind of stuff. And then beyond that, like, the creep just kind of comes from uh, not having any idea what the fuck's going on. Like, I I guess we'll use Texas Chainsaw Massacre as an example. You know who the bad guy is in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's the killer with the chainsaw and the the other crazy cannibals. It's pretty obvious. In The Wailing, you go 90% of this movie not really being sure who to fear. Like, who is the bad guy in this movie? And this this is one of the movies that is most effective in like, ah, oh, this is the bad guy. Oh, shit, that's the bad guy. Oh, no, it was that. Bad. No, okay, 
this is the bad guy. Oh shit, it was the other bad guy. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, you're like, you don't know who the fuck the bad guy is at all. Although- they they totally get you in the eleventh hour, like in the last ten minutes. You're like, wait, shit, I still don't know what's going on. Yeah, and I guess again, spoiler. We always say this all the time. That's our thing. Um, yeah, spoilers. Go watch this movie. It's free on Amazon Prime and a fuckload of other stuff. So th- this kind of leads into the link that you put like before the show because it, there was a deleted scene, right? So there's a deleted ending that kind of force feeds people the 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 conclusion. If you're paying attention to the movie, you piece it together at the end, like who the real bad guy is and who's working with him and why. But there was a deleted ending that like sat you down. I was like, okay, now listen. This was what was going on, pretty much. Well, there was a, there's a guy in the comment section that still thought that was that wasn't the case. <laughs> I uh, I was I was looking up stuff about this movie, and I found a Reddit post from around the time this movie came out in the United States, and they were all arguing about it. Everyone was like, "No, it can't be that because of this. It can't be this because of this other thing." Like the more you think about the 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 possible conclusion of this movie, you still get all this overlapping. But but then why this? Like uh, if the if the female ghost is the good guy, why did she have the coat from the dead guy and the little girl's uh, barrette and all this other stuff? Like what was the purpose of that? And if that's you know if that's true, then what about this other stuff? And like if he really is a demon, why does the Christianity stuff not affect him? Or is he something else? Or is it? You know, what do the pictures have to do with it? Why was he so concerned about that dude that was dead in the truck? And then he, like, ran down the hill to see, like, what Why? What's he doing there? Like, if he yeah. really is the bad guy, what was his motivation in that scene? Like, what's he doing? Yeah, so let me get this straight. Um, because the, the deleted ending, right? So this is how I played it out in my head. Now, people could think whatever they want as far as the ending, because I still think it's still open. So the shaman and the, de- the well, I'm going to call him the devil because he looks like the devil or whatever demon they're working together. Um, and when he, when the shaman's doing all that hokey bullshit, uh, shaman stuff, uh, and like you see them nailing it, What was that? Was he just playing it off or were they actually doing something as a ritual together? I'm not sure, like, who is attacking the old Japanese man in that scene? Because he's obviously in anguish. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's not putting the show on for anyone. He's there by himself. So, what the fuck's happening? And and the way I see it is... Oh, I think I get it. Uh, The shaman is putting on, you know, smoke and mirrors. He's not doing dick. Well, no, that doesn't make sense either, because he's he's obviously, like, all tore up. Never mind. So, the the you know, which by the way, the the lady that you know talks about the the the, uh, the roosters crowing and shit uh, later on, um, I see her as somewhat good, but I still think she has that like hellish demon stuff going on. She is still a spirit or something. Yeah, and. I think she was protecting, and when you were talking about like the hair clip and everything, I think she's wearing all that stuff because she's protecting those people from 
I've had Zach. You go. You go. Or she's I, claiming it. That too. Oh. Claiming to be protected. I've seen this movie twice, and this time I came up with something else. Um, there's that scene where the shaman is trying to explain what's going on. Oh, why my daughter? Why so, Why anything? Uh, he describes the old Japanese guy, the demon, as a fisherman. Oh, he's just when you bait your hook. What do you What do you expect? Which is the very first thing you see in this movie is him baiting a hook. That is the very first visual in this movie. Yeah. But he, so he's a fisherman and he's just trying to catch souls. He's just corrupting people and then they murder their whole family. He's just committing evil upon the world. I think it's possible that the other spirit, I can't remember what her actual name is, but it just means no name in Korean. But the, the other spirit, the woman, she's just another fisherman. Like, I don't think she's necessarily good at all. Mm. She might have other motivations. Like maybe she doesn't necessarily want to see someone murder their entire family, but I don't think that means she's good either necessarily. That somebody in the comments section of that video said there's like a Korean folklore about how there's usually like a ghost in villages that protects people. And usually they're dressed in white. I don't know how true that is, hmm. but you know, no sources. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if so, then, you know, big, if true. Because in, we do see her in the beginning of the film. I think it was like the second like crime scene that happened with the, the, the woman who was attacking like all the police officers and they couldn't hold her down. Uh, the sergeant and I guess uh, another police officer, they were sitting in front of the crime scene and like the lady, the, that lady in white is just throwing fucking rocks. She's trying to get their attention. Yeah. Hey. And- <laughs> And they're just like ignoring her and like she seems suspicious in a way because like she she technically witnessed the, the crime. But mm-hmm. like and then he's like, Are you a family member? She's like, No, not at all. And then you like you had that suspicion, but you don't think of her as evil. But then near the end when the shaman's puking up blood, like you're thinking, Wow, she's she's the monster all along. And then, where was she? Yeah, yeah. Like the first time I saw that, I think the first time most people see that. When you see that, you're like, she's gotta be the bad guy if she like makes that happen to this guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe she told him to fuck off because he was a bad guy. Right, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> then there's that that realization later. So okay, maybe he was evil, and her effect on him was that. <laughs> that is a fucking stunning visual. Right, <laughs> it happens to him. So it's like a river of of snot, pus, every <laughs> blood running down that road. I was like, God damn! <laughs> so who was attacking the shaman as he was fucking getting out of dodge? Was it the lady in white, or was it the Japan guy being like, "Hey, you need to come back"? That's another one that doesn't make sense to me because why would she attack him? Like bringing him back doesn't help her at all. Mm-hmm. She should just let him flee to Seoul. So, so, is it the Japanese guy? And if so, then why? They're working together. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But then at the end, the Japanese guy is an Oni? I don't know. Yeah, because how the deleted scene makes it look, because he, he rolls up. It's not like he's like, oh, hey, there's my uh, buddy in crime. Let me go pick you up and all that stuff. He looks at him and goes, fuck, I'm here. I gotta pick up this guy now. 
So I, I think the Japanese guy has him in like some type of purgatory, I guess, where he's always doing his dealings, but it has to do wherever he's doing it. So that's mm-hmm. how, that's how so, I that's how I looked at it. The, yeah, some guy in the comment section had a theory that it was the Japanese guy wasn't really evil; he was just possessed by evil. Not like because he mentioned the you know when they're chasing him and he he falls down to the cliff and he's like crying and shit. It's like that dude was really like just Satan. Why would he be like, oh my god, I'm I'm hurt so badly and I'm so tired of yeah. people trying to chase me and murder me. Well, there's another there's. I, there's kind of another interpretation. What if up until then he really was trying to help, and mm-hmm. it was him getting killed that made his soul susceptible? Like you know, the evil that he's been combating is like, oh, you're dead now. Oh, you're super vulnerable. We're just gonna take over your soul now. Mm-hmm. Somebody made mention of that because that, that was one thing that was never really explained. Is like when people would get killed, they were turned to like a weird demon zombie or something. Yeah, and there was no picture of the old Japanese man when he died they just threw him over that cliff because they hit him because he got thrown off of another cliff when they were trying to drive home <laughs> and then later on he's just back and there's like no explanation for it mm-hmm. so yeah. I by the way when, he comes, when you see him again he's in the cave that's like one of my favorite horror scenes ever <laughs> that was fucking cool that was like <laughs> really cool look at my hands and feet and then like he moves the camera out of his face and he has like a demon face uh, that that was a great. Uh, but like, again, like with the whole what if thing again. Like, she tells the father n- not to go until you hear the three roosters, right? Crowing and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does does that make uh, the daughter not kill or? That doesn't make sense. I see. Here's what I think. I think she's lying. This is kind of where I get the two fishermen theory is how is that possible like when he gets there they've obviously been dead yeah like it's not like she kills them in a flash right before he gets there or something like the three the three rooster crows that's nonsense i'm pretty sure because i kept on thinking i was like wait a second is she trying to keep him alive and like maybe how the guy from japan has the shaman as like his living person to to help out is he trying is she trying to get him to be the living person that she's going to use if we're going to say bolt or evil because i kept on thinking the whole time i'm like it's a lose-lose for this guy if he goes before the crows he's he goes there and he's all fucked up in the head because he just came home to his wife and kid and mother-in-law all fucking sliced and diced and shit and then he had that that ending where he's thinking about the good times uh but then like if he doesn't go then in society's eyes not even thinking about the demons and stuff he could be a suspect right because he's out at large and his whole family just died or you know could that mean that the daughter is gonna die because she she's taken the soul i don't know but like either way the whole two demon i like the idea that we don't know um that's that's why this movie i think is so effective and so scary Mm-hmm. is at the end of it, not only do you not know, but the evil is just still in the world. Yes. And that deleted scene, would you say that... I mean, it could be either played as the end-end of the film or the beginning of the film. 
Because what if he, the, the, the Japanese guy, what if he uh, has the shaman and that's why he's being picked up and going towards the town where, you know, the daughter is and the policeman. Well, well the, the, the ghost lady didn't have any more clothes on her, though. She was back to normal. She's white, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, that's probably the beginning, I guess, if you're going to go with those theories. Makes sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I prefer the visual of him baiting a hook, though. Like, that's... That's way better. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. The, uh, let me get the actual name, so I'm just not saying policeman or sergeant. Uh, is it John? A lot of characters don't have names in this movie, though. Yeah. Mysterious woman. Mother-in-law. Wife. wife. His <laughs> wife didn't have a name. John Gu. Um... He was the sergeant guy. He, he, like, he's all goofy. Like I said in the beginning, he's goofy in the beginning. And then, like, when his daughter gets sick, like, it, it builds up his anger and shit where he's, like, uh, <laughs> kills a fucking dog because the dog was attacking him. But, like... I don't, I don't care for that part, but... Yeah. But he's, like, cursing out the Japanese guy because he's not saying that much and he's not nodding. He's not showing any emotion. And it's like getting under his skin. I'm pretty sure he's doing that on purpose because he knows he wants that anger building up. Yeah, that that kind of supports. Oh, he was evil all along because if he if he was good, he doesn't say a word in his defense except you wouldn't believe me if I told you. But what that's all, that's all he says. What's really good about how they portray this Japanese guy is because like how Zach was saying before, he goes to that truck where that uh, guy is there and he's, he, you can see like desperation on the Japanese guy's face during that time. And then obviously when he's running away. Yeah. Like he's super concerned. Oh God, about where'd he go? Yeah. Yeah. The, the body. Like I almost interpreted that as he was doing some, he was trying to do some kind of ritual to keep him from coming back as a zombie. Yeah. He was like sending his soul or something. And he didn't get to finish because he got death hexed almost. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, he like he just collapsed in his bed, fell asleep, and woke up the next morning. It was too late. He was like, fuck. What if, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, the Japanese guy dies, right? His soul is vulnerable, so it gets corrupted. He's evil now. Um, what if, because there's that scene... Where the uh, shaman is panicking because he saw her and, and, and like blood pours out of him. He goes home and then a crow just like smashes into his house and is like flopping all around and he's yeah. terrified. And then it cuts. And the next time we see anything, uh, uh, Jong Hu or Jong Gu, whatever the, the cop, he's there and he's flown the coop. He's all his shit is packed up. Well, maybe he like dies in that scene and the same thing happens. Like, his soul is consumed by the evil or something. I don't know. Well, here's another shaman. Yeah, the shaman. Yeah, here's because then it would make sense. Then, like the death hex was like genuine, and he was actually like causing harm to the the Japanese man or something. Yeah, to feed up on that, I think you know, I'm gonna repeat probably what you said, but like I think remember the part where he's talking to John Gu and he's like. You know the death hex. You, you, we got to be serious about this. There, there can't be no interruptions. They can't. Uh, you can't do intercourse. You can't have like alcohol and all that stuff. Uh, and then what does he do? Because 
the child starts to fucking freak out, he stops the death hex. Now, it, was that like a door opening for the demon to come in and be like, bitch, I got you now, shaman. <laughs> Here's something I wondered about, too, because usually like in these kinds of movies where like I was jokingly in my head calling this Korean exorcist. <laughs> it has a lot in common with exorcist, a ton. But like uh, they usually set up rules for stuff like this, but how they didn't establish he how the shaman knew how to cast the death hex. Like, does he know the Japanese? Like, like to to us, the viewer, does he know him already? How does he know how to direct that to him? Like, usually they have to have something or really know who you're talking about or something like that or whatever. I ha- Watching this, I have a hard time figuring out, like, when we watch The Exorcist, we, like, you don't have to grow up Catholic in the United States or in the West in general to know about Catholicism. We know about, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. We know about hymns and prayers and the crucifix and the holy symbol of the cross. We know all about that just, just from growing up in this culture. I wonder if all that bullshit he's doing, which looks crazy and foreign to us, isn't the same thing for Koreans. It's like, oh, that's this and that's this. And oh, I know what that is. I used to do that every Sunday. And you know, That's possible. Yeah. It, maybe I just don't know. <laughs> I genuinely, I, I genuinely don't know either. I, I think that's why this movie got to be so popular is because it cleverly, combines all that stuff all the like korean superstition and religious stuff a shaman and 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 stuff like that with then there's a church and a priest and a deacon in this movie and it's basically an exorcism and there's a demon in it and like it's kind of got both going on and that's what makes it so genuinely interesting and unique i like how he goes to the church like near almost the end part of the movie and, and he's just like we can't help you we can't help you <laughs> Take your daughter to the hospital and let the doctors do their job. (laughs) Like, in the real world, that is an extremely good priest. In this movie, that's a bad priest. (laughs) I, I, with the shaman, I had, I was reading a lot of body language. Like, when you first meet him, he kind of seems like he's cocky, right? Like, uh, he looks like a hotshot. He's wearing a nice suit. Yeah. I thought he was a fake. He fraud, a phony. I was ready, like, as soon as you see him, you're like, this guy's scamming them. This guy, because he, he's like, are you going to have the money ready? How much is it? At t- uh, 10 grand ought to do it, right? Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought the same thing when he, because th- the first thing he says to him, to uh, Kung uh, Gu or Jong Gu, um, he, he's like, 10 grand. Or, well, he's like, he goes right to like money and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. Dude, his child's dying and shit. Like, let's t- let's talk about the process, and then we'll talk about money. I understand money makes the world go around and all that stuff, but at the same time, I was reading body language. You you you, you hear the money, and then you see all the the. That's why I said the hokey like death hex and all that shaman stuff because I don't know. Maybe that is a real how he's doing it, throwing the fucking knife, stabbing the meat and shit. Like, I, I just, I'm like, I don't know. I'm being ignorant here. Um, so like, so when, when he's doing it, I'm like, is this all for show? Like, is this going to be like, hi, I got you. I scanned you and now I'm going to take your money. But then like, it turns on you. There's a curveball because then all of a sudden the shaman's fucking worried. He's, you know, his, his life is in danger. He just vomited up blood. Fucking locusts are hitting his car. 
they keep you guessing even about his legitimacy mm-hmm. because in that scene something happens to the little girl like she's clearly in anguish plus before and, that and we the viewer get to see the japanese man like before, they don't know that but we see before that. all that stuff even happens like when he first shows up they 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 already do something and try to go oh, maybe he is legit because he the goes crow. outside yeah and he's like what's in that jar up there and they're like soy sauce and he's just bring it down here and he like hits it with a stick or like or he throws it on the ground and smashes it and there's like a dead crow in that fucking jar mm-hmm. like, what the I mean, f- it could have been planted or something i guess but i don't know like we don't see that if the movie wanted us to think that he was a huckster it probably would have shown some like just a snippet of him like casing the joint or like walking up and they don't see him yet just to like plant that thought but the impression i kind of get is he's like you know, he's obviously working with a villain at the end of the movie, but because ghosts and spirits and demons are real in this version of reality, I think what he's doing has some legitimacy to it as well. Mm-hmm. Whatever he's doing, and to whatever end, because we don't know. Well, this really looks like a used car salesman or like some kind of infomercial guy, though. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like handsome and thin and wears a suit, and you're like, oh, this guy's fucking asshole probably and i kept on thinking too because like and i know it's probably a simple answer or no answer at all but like when uh the daughter's starting like freak out and she's eating like a maniac and they're like oh that's that's not her like the mother-in-law is like i know the shaman and stuff i know who to get a shaman and she points this guy now like where did she hear for the shaman from the neighbor the neighbor yeah, they they say she. I asked the neighbor to recommend a good shaman, and they set up a little bit earlier that oh no, it's the ghost that tells him that. It's the ghost that tells him uh, at the second house where the, the 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 you know the the house burned and the woman like killed her family or whatever. She says uh, the the wife started to get a shaman, but the husband rejected it or something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's a ghost who tells him that. That's weird. Yeah. It the, like why that... would why would she want to set up him using a sh- a shaman? Because then later his his mother in law is like, we need a shaman. He's like, well, I guess so. Like it <laughs> doesn't seem a hundred percent on board. Like every time the shaman's doing something, he's kind of in the background, like you know, half heartedly, like I'm I'm doing a thing. I guess this is weird. I'm not I'm not into this. Mm-hmm. Until like the daughter starts screaming and like looking like exorcist and shit but uh yeah like that like had my brain gone like they're recommending this person and let's just play off of the fact let's just say the deleted scene if that was the beginning and stuff like man there's a lot of things i need to go back and watch this movie and see if there's any like clues to that uh but Man, I I I like this film. The suspense was crazy in this. Uh, it was a little. Uh, it wasn't overpowering in the gore, by the way. Like the one, the one thing I I was like, oh my god, is the, uh, the the, the animal that was in front of the gate, and then the um, when in the hospital scene where it was like I guess the bone like cuts open and shit. Yeah, that's a, uh, and then the blood pours out of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably the most extreme scene. Yeah, it was when he just like seizes up and he, a bunch of blood comes out of his mouth when he's upside down on the hospital bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge wimp 
it's the it's the scene with the dog. You don't even see it, but like I just it's hard for me to stomach that part. Yeah. Um what was the part where like his limbs and his muscles stopped working? What was that all about? I don't know. I guess it was because he'd been horsing around in the mountains or something. Because uh, later, though, they say he's talking to, I can't remember if it's the deacon or his his, uh, his cop buddy. He says since they went up to see the Japanese guy, his body's been hurting. So yeah. maybe it's like, oh, he's got a hex on him. His muscles are fucked up. <laughs> and then, like, the doctor guy was like, yeah, stop drinking. And they put, like, all these, like, allergic needle things on him or whatever. Acupuncture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it was funny. Like, uh, the the uh, the mom and dad were like banging in the car, and like she was like watching, and, and then they, like he bought her gifts to like unsee that, and and found out like she's always been watching. <laughs> she's like, oh, I knew. <laughs> I I'll give this movie props too. It, it does something a lot of other horror movies don't do tend to do very well. Is it makes you care about the main characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, cop guy is kind of a Homer Simpson esque dude. He comes off that way a little bit. <laughs> a bit of a doofus, yeah. He's a little bit of a doofus, but he's a family man. You know, it seems like he gets along with his wife clearly, and uh, <laughs> you know, it seems like everybody gets along for the most part. And his daughter seemed like, oh, this is a nice child actor. Maybe, maybe she's really bad in Korean. I don't know. She's she genuine to me. I she can she sure scream. Oh yeah, yeah. I liked. I, I kind of liked her actually. I, I liked her little attitude stuff. She came try to. She's like, here, drink this, drink. Or <laughs> 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 yeah. like when she brought him clothes, like here, put this on, take a shower. I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> so when do you think she was taken? When she was out of the police station where the 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 hair clip fell out? Was that like saying this is? part where she's been taken by the demon or infected because right, maybe because that's she's being a, she's got she's copping a bit of an attitude in that scene but she's not she's not really bad or anything at that point so she, maybe she's being a little caring while she's being mean she's like oh what are you doing oh you didn't even eat either and then she turns the cup by officers and then leaves. That's true. Yeah. I mean, then she walks home alone in the rain. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that's what makes sense. And then the rain, like, obviously comes out of nowhere, which, by the way, the lightning strike. <laughs> I, uh, even yeah. though, <laughs> I can't get over that part. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, one pushes this poor guy because the guy's like, fuck it. I'm not going there. That, that dude's fucking creepy. I'm like, I'm not going. And then, like, the officers are, like, tugging on him. He falls down the fucking thing and then gets killed by a lightning hospital yeah no he survived his, his wife's like crying he's like and he survived because of all those herbal tonics yeah they're gonna <laughs> say it was because of the herbal supplements he takes or whatever mm -hmm. but i thought you were talking about the lightning in the beginning where they're like sitting there and it's late and he's like reading a manga or something Mm -hmm. And he's like telling a spooky ghost story. He's like, "You're full of shit." Shut the power up. goes and out. The power goes out. There's a lightning strike. Like it's a silly movie. That's the closest <laughs> this movie gets to being like bullshit. Like kind of jump scary. Kind of the, the kind of horror I don't necessarily care for. Like they 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 dip a toe just in that one scene. Yeah, because and then it like they they start to like play uh, a thing where it's like. Oh, remember we saw the the lady naked in front of the door, and then now she's dead. And it's like, 
is that gonna be a thing and it never comes up again besides like the rainstorm she killed her family what do you want I don't know. They made it sound like, you know, because of the lightning storm, like, you get, like, a vision of what happens before the crime. There is a bit of a problem. Um, there are so many instances of this person got sick, then they killed their family. I get them all confused. There's, like, fucking eight of them or something. Like, And toward the movie, or toward the end of the movie, it happens to, like, his cop buddy. That Like, up, you almost get desensitized to it. And then the deacon's coming home from the hospital, and they're like, you might want to get a lawyer. Your uncle murdered his landlady. And it's like, whoa, Jesus Christ, I forgot this was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) The rash and shit never really gets explained either. No. The what? The rash. Oh, yeah. The It's like when they get... It's like there's four different mechanics going on. There's like demonic possession, ghost bullshit, weird rashes that cause people to go crazy and murder people and then when people die they come back as rage zombies yeah <laughs> yeah zombies in this movie and they have a for some reason and they eat a lot that's another thing too demonic shit yeah it's yeah like there's two there's t-virus rage zombies <laughs> that, that come back after somebody's getting killed and there's demons uh-huh. and there's ghosts <laughs> resident evil references right there <laughs> yeah. somehow this somehow this movie's got it all it's got zombies it's got ghosts demons yeah, it's but got a demon dog question mark. Apparently, black dogs are also a symbol of the devil, and it's a black dog. So, it's a Satan dog. Satan dog. Mm. Oh, and uh, the animal that's hung at their front gate, black goat, also a symbol of Satan. I thought that was the dog. It was a goat. Oh, okay, I, I didn't really get a good look at it. I guess. Yeah, I, I the first time I saw the movie, I thought it was too. Not true. It is a goat. Okay. Yeah, but. Other than that, I mean, I really like this film. Uh, it's a little long, two hours and 35 minutes, but you know what? That build works on what they were doing. They, they could maybe trim a few of the family murders. And like, you cut a teeny tiny bit. Otherwise, I don't feel the length too bad. I also really like this movie, but I chose it, so duh. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend it. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I feel like it earned its length. Okay, when I got done, it was like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I wouldn't really cut anything out, I suppose. <laughs> mm. That's usually the first thing I think of. What could have been cut? Yeah, what what could... Uh, there's no reason for me to have sat here this long. I'm going to, you know... Yeah, but... Uh, and I'm guessing Andy highly recommends it because he chose it near every Yeah, I chose it. Yeah. I really like this movie. I struggled with... Um, I didn't want us to watch another South Korean movie so soon. But I watched this movie just about exactly a year ago and was like really smitten with it. And even just in a year, I'd forgotten a bunch of stuff about it because it it flips back and forth so many times between, oh, it's the Japanese guy. Oh, it's the ghost. Oh, is the um, shaman for real or whatever. We barely talked talked about one of my favorite characters, the deacon, like the kid, the Mm. the one that can speak Japanese. Barely. Barely. I I don't know why. I just really like him. Well, at the like, end, he what? became a paladin. He grabbed sickle and he had fucking crucifix. He's going in there and he's, he's ready. He's going to go in there. He's going to fight a demon. Like he's ready. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he leveled enough for that encounter though. He just multi-classed. He was like, seriously. That's two. like one of my favorite scenes in all of horror because he's like, uh, if you reveal your true form to me and show me that you're not the devil, I'll leave. And he's like, 
what makes you think that I was gonna let you leave? <laughs> you're like, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's great. Well, and then he starts taking pictures of him, and at first, it's just like a creepy thing for someone to do, and then you remember the pictures of the before and after of the murder victims, and like it all starts falling into place, and then he just goes full blown demon. And you're like, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Well, what really like started getting me going oh shit this guy's an actual demon is because he, he kept on like repeating the question he's like you'll leave you'll leave and the guy's like yeah i'll leave and then, and then he starts to, <laughs> and then he's like you think you're gonna leave and then he starts doing the pictures and i was like oh shit yeah but uh you're gonna leave your body <laughs> also he's got that creepy laugh mm-hmm. yeah so um this is where we're going to get into the territory of the worst movie of all time, unless you had something else to say. I did have something else I wanted to discuss. I, sorry, I know we've been going kind of long on the same movie. Uh, I find it interesting and maybe worth noting that um, the movie deals a bit with uh, xenophobia because he's a Japanese man, and so people are like, oh, it's got to be his fault because he's a foreigner mm-hmm. and then at the end he actually is the bad guy like you couldn't make that movie in the united states i'll tell you that right fucking now <laughs> yeah. but it, there's like little snippets of like like when he goes to town to buy the the chickens for the for whatever he's doing during the death hex everyone's like like the bus drivers like glancing at him in the mirror and people are turning around looking at him weird. And I don't know if it's because, oh, there's rumors that this guy is a rapist, is a murderer, is a fucking weirdo. It but, could be just because he had a chicken out in the bus too. I mean, maybe. maybe but the impression I got was maybe that's something that happens. I, I don't know. It could be I, just because he had the chicken, sure. But I think it I, was because the lady that sold him the chicken was like, are you sure you want it like this? Like, like she was saying, like, maybe she was going to do something to the chicken. Oh, yeah, she was going to, like, you know. Okay, fine. Maybe that makes makes sense. But I don't know, like, there's, I don't know if it's a missed opportunity or if it's just, like, oh, I'm an American culture, so, of course, this is what I think about. But there's, like, a weird xenophobic tone that they just, like, ignore. I don't know. Like, I thought about that, too, but I, I, I think at the end of it, I decided, no, that's not what he was trying to do. I don't think that's what he's trying to do at all. No, I, just, I think it was just like this guy's an outsider to the community, not necessarily he's a Jap. Yeah, because yeah. they say well, Jap they say that stuff, several but... times. They just say Jap. At least that's how it's subtitled. And I don't know if it's being used in a derogatory manner or if it, they're just shortening Japanese guy. I don't know if it is or not. I mean, they, there used to be some animosity there a long time ago, but I don't really think they feel the same way anymore. That's important to note because yeah. you know Korea was. I mean, for centuries, Chinese and then Japanese and then Chinese and then Japanese and their their own country now. And now they kind of hate both those countries or something. I think. Sort of, even though I, they, I, co- they copy a lot of Japanese culture, though, too, because like, right. the dude is reading manga. He's sitting there reading. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, in the in the in the station. But I think they're still like shitty and distrusting. I, I again, you know, I'm an American. I was I grew up in America. I kind of see it as like you know. Some people don't trust Mexicans. They're taking our jobs, blah, 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 blah. That kind of thing. Like, I think it's kind of almost a Korean version of that. I, I don't know. It was weird. It's just, I, I thought maybe it was worth bringing up. I just was curious about what you guys thought about it. Yeah, I just know a lot of, like, Asian countries, they love their nationalism. 
and like mm. when you know someone is not the certain type of race or you know nationalism uh they get all they don't get bent out of shape but they kind of point it out like oh it's that guy from that country yeah, like it's it's kind of a cliche so i don't want to like lump all asian cultures into the exact same thing that would be you know shitty of me but there is that um reputation that they they hate being mistaken for each other like if you call a korean person japanese they get pissed off if you call a laotian vietnamese they get pissed off it's like dominicans and puerto ricans they hate when you call them you know the wrong ones they get all bent out of shape sure it's a, yeah it's it, it happens though i mean how would a german feel if you called them french <laughs> <laughs> like all you white people look the same well <laughs> but I, I also think it this way too because like as a white man going into like let's say mexico and like you're in like the, like i i watched uh cry macho or whatever the one with the clint eastwood movie on hbo max the new, the new one that just came out yeah, yeah like he's it, yeah. It, he was in like towns where they're just like what is this gringo doing here like you know he's out of place obviously because he's yeah. just he's a white man in in a mexican country he has to be doing something if he's with that little kid and you know that's how they looked at it maybe that's what they were looking at in this film be like what is the japanese man living in the woods in that that uh, that that house yeah that's what's that that's kind of what was interesting because i feel like the first act of this movie sets up you know, the, the, the guy who gathers herbs is like, oh, I saw him. He was just eating a raw deer, and then he attacked me. And uh, the other guy's like, oh, my cousin told me that he raped some woman while he was fishing. That doesn't make any sense. And, like, it sets up, they're going to go meet him, and it's going to turn out like he's, like, an okay guy, or he's an ex-professor, or a Buddhist monk, like the priest later says. Mm. But, no, demon. Yep. <laughs> you saying Japanese people are demons? I'm, that's what the, this movie told me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just I I thought about it a lot the first time I saw this movie, and this time I kind of let myself relax and like just kind of watch the movie because that's what I was looking for the first time was the big reveal that like he was a good guy all along, and then you get that reveal, and then the movie goes on site. Got you. <laughs> I, I I got a question for you, and this is like not diving into political stuff but it kind of is a little bit let's let's rewind the cl uh, clock a bit maybe like about 12 to 15 years before all this cancel culture and how you know language is being edited and censored would you still have the same uh thing about the you know him being a japanese man and how they're picking on him would you have that same kind of mindset or because of so. or, or because of the culture on how it is today you're maybe. gonna have to go back further than 15 years to like well I don't, I, I, people just uh, there's there have always been bigots and there's always been people who aren't yeah so you know it's kind of I, I think i would have seen that anyway yeah because like you know it's a big thing in the 80s you know all the all these all, uh, all these cubans are coming up here god damn it oh sick <laughs> they're all gangsters Ooh. Yeah, I, I saw Scarface. <laughs> oh my god, great movie by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I just think today's like culture and how things are said and done now. Like, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, why are they pointing out this guy? It kind of seems like racist a little bit. And I'm just like, 
Well, then if you factor in, he just came out of nowhere and he's in the woods. And then like, you think about all that stuff. Then like, eh, he's, they're not being racist. Maybe they, you know, word of mouth and all that stuff. I would love to talk to some people who just are from South Korea and saw this movie when it came out and see if that's their interpretation of it. Yeah. Because I really think that's just, we're looking at it through an American lens and that's what we got out of it. And the filmmakers would be like, what the freak you talking about? No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it was. I don't know. That shit's hypersensitive now, but you also got to think Asian cultures also tend to be pretty insular. They don't really, like, Japan does not give a fuck about the shit that everybody's freaking out about right now over here. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, here in the United States, in your everyday life, you're going to see people from, you know, eight, nine, ten different races and cultures in Korea or Japan. That's got to be incredibly uncommon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just do whatever Especially you want. in a rural <laughs> town. Like, if you're in Seoul, whatever, but. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was a good conversation. I uh, I enjoyed that. The whole movie. Yeah, sorry, I, I had to tack that on the end because I made made a mental note to bring that up. Cool. Um, we also had a decision about you know the spoopy month that we're gonna have the worst movie of all time and the best movie of all time from uh, listing. Now we're not gonna give up the best movie of all time, but we did find like on multiple websites that House of the Dead is the worst movie of all time around that area, like the top three. So that's the well, m- asterisk. A lot of them said Man of Hands of Fate, but we don't watch that shit. Yeah, we already. It, it probably is the worst one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we already saw that movie, and we're not going to watch it again and review it again. So go back to no. last year's episodes if you want to hear our opinion on Man of Hands of Fate. Spoiler: We didn't care for it. Yes, uh, but we're going to see Uwe Ball's uh, House of the Dead. So. If you don't like it, you can fight one of us in a fucking boxing ring. Yeah, I'll see you in the ring. I'll bitch. see you hell in a shell. Uh, but yeah, remember to watch House of the Dead. Come back, and then we'll talk about it. But uh, guys, we're going to get into some news that matter to us. I know Andy has a news that he wants to bring up. So what's the news? I have one thing. I can't remember if this happened last week and I forgot to mention it or if it happened this week. I'm pretty sure it was this week. But I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, so this kind of stuff's been on my mind anyway. Um, uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi, I think is his name. The director of Yakuza for like since the first game is leaving Sega. And uh, Ryu ga go to, go, go to whatever the studio's name is. He's leaving. And they have... Uh, it's their 10 year anniversary and they're restructuring and someone got his job and he's taking one of the um, series producers with him and they haven't said what they're doing, but they have left Sega and now everyone's kind of like wondering what the future of Yakuza looks like. They've already kind of soft announced that like a dragon is getting a sequel. It's going to deal with uh, Ichiban Kasuga again, which is good because I'm really enjoying the hell out of that game. I want a sequel to it. They said uh, that's on the way, and after that, it looks like, from what I understand, people who have played Lost Judgment said it's very open to a sequel at the end. Like, I don't think it's a cliffhanger, but I think it's, like, clear that they want to do more of that. So there's more coming, but it's going to be the first time that it's not under his stewardship. So a lot of people are kind of wondering what's going to happen. Because this is this is one of the biggest things Sega has going on right now. Like, even in the dark times... Yakuza was one of the few things they could count on to make them a few million yen. So, what's going to happen now? Who knows? You guys should play this game. So I'm telling you. I know. I got it. I got all the Yakuza games because of Game Pass. So, I got to get through all those. 
apparently, apparently, the thing to do is either start with zero, or just play like a dragon or Lost Judgment. They're all clean starts for a character. I'm no, probably, play the first one. <laughs> play, then play Kiwami. That's what I did. I played Kiwami first. I said, "Well, I'm going to play this because I had kind of read. Look, if you play six or zero, and then you try to go back." You're gonna have a rough time. So I said I better play the first one first. Exactly. You and have... then I got sick of waiting and I just started playing like a dragon. Like a dragon though has a completely different combat, so whatever. Zach, do you have zero by the way? No, I have the first two games on PS2. I I'm gonna they actually have English voice acting. Too. I'm gonna give you because I don't own a PS4 anymore because I have a PS5 which is digital, so I can't use this disc. But I have, uh, I almost said Resident Evil Zero. I have Yakuza Zero still sealed in in the copy. Uh, I'll send that to you. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I don't have a game either. No, I just can't give it to him. I, I, got, I got Yakuza. I, I thought you got it too because I remember you ordered it. Um, maybe it's Kiwami. It's one of the Yakuza's. I'll, I'll get you. It's one of them. <laughs> it's for PS4. I've got, I got Kiwami One, and then I've got. Uh, obviously judgment and like a dragon i couldn't decide which one i was going to start first but as you can tell it was like a dragon yeah i, I think i'm going to start with zero because i'm more i don't know why i'm 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 going towards zero for some strangers i've read a lot of stuff that says start with zero apparently i did it wrong but whatever i, I I've, I've read like three different sources that all say start with zero it's one of the most fun and it takes place in the 80s so it's like genuinely a good old fun time and also it has one of the best sega arcades in it apparently mm -hmm. all right we didn't talk about is, is there anything else you want to uh, talk about yakuza no it was pretty big news and it mattered to me so there it is uh i don't know it, sega has been coming back i feel like and i hope this isn't any kind of a major blow i think i i think they can keep right on trucking along but uh rio rio got Gotoku, it's hard to say fast. They, I, the impression I get is Sega lets them do their own thing, and then Sega publishes this game. So I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> don't announce new RPGs anymore, and then later add, oh by the way, it's on phones. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! Anymore, ever. <laughs> yeah. Um. Maybe I know we always. Well, I always talked about it because I know you guys are not big into rumors, but there's like always been rumors. Here we go again. No, I, I've already said this, but like, what do you think about Sega coming to Microsoft? We talked a lot about that pre E3. Yeah. And I'm on the record saying uh, that would really tickle my fancy. I'd love to see them get like an, uh, a big old injection of money to do something. But Sega slash Atlas, they're not exactly floundering or anything. Like I don't, I don't know if they're easy pickings for Microsoft. I I, I truly I think that know. they'll buy franchises more than the the whole Sega library. I think they'll pick and choose what they want on their platform. Well, yeah, they could buy exclusive rights to Persona Six or something. Yeah, hmm. that that the, the dream scenario for me is they do what they did when the xbox came out they pin a deal that's like we're getting six exclusive sega games and then the xbox got panzer dragoon orta uh outrun 2006 uh, uh something else they, they got a bunch of sega games that were uh jet set radio future they got a bunch of sega games that are exclusive to the xbox they should do something like that again 
because uh, what's his face, the head of Microsoft during the Tokyo Game Show said in like two interviews at least, we're focusing on getting more Japanese games on our console. We're getting, we're trying to get more games. We're trying to get more exclusives. A lot of people are still reading that as we're shopping around to buy a studio, and maybe they are, but just just sit down and say, look, we're Microsoft, so we've got more money than the church. <laughs> Let us just get some exclusive shit from you. Like the Switch got that exclusive Persona Five sequel. We want we want some of that jazz. We want <clears throat> Persona game. We want a yacht. I mean, the Yakuza games have now come to Xbox and are also on Game Pass. So I, that, you know, it's a step in the right direction. But you know, they need you, to be like, we want something for us. Are you talking about Strikers? Yeah, that's on PS4. No, we. I. You know what I mean? Like they, they're branching. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be clear it's all other shit yeah it, it would be interesting um but we forgot to talk about this last episode and, and literally it was brand spanking new when it first came out uh so resident evil the one of the movies because there's like fucking like three different movies we already saw infinite darkness we already reviewed that mean zach and then there's like a Wesker family movie TV show coming out on Netflix or something like that. And then obviously, and then this one that's coming to movie theaters, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, finally had a trailer came out. Uh, two trailers. Two trailers. There was a, a shitty, casual you know, we're gonna put like copyrighted music in there and then there was like the fan service trailer that was really good. Uh, did, you, did, you, did you guys watch either of those? I'm I, sorry, I did not. I saw the. Okay, so you saw the first one, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Andy, the first one has that song, What's Going On from Three Non Blondes. You know, the one that was a meme, the He Man meme? Really? It was. Yeah. Is that not a fucking weird choice for a trailer? <laughs> like, if it was like a Borderlands trailer, that would make perfect fucking sense. But for Resident Evil? Yeah, and they tried to, like, frame it up with all, like, this, you know, spooky horror sh- scene shit. And it just, it just made me start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? And then I found out there's there's another trailer. Like, they released two at the same time. Uh-huh. And it's better. It does a better job. It's like, oh, maybe this movie won't be a total shit fest. Yeah. It kind of frames it better. Here, Here's what I'll say about, like seen the first trailer and i'm at, uh, as i'm speaking right now i'm seeing like what they chose for the, the second one and it was kind of like similar and, and close enough of what it was but uh it has it, some of the some of the character picks i'm just like uh i get what they're going with it kind of looks like they're all cosplaying a little bit uh but some of them <laughs> but i i actually like what they did with the environment um, you get the the mansion, you get the Raccoon City. Uh, you could ob- obviously tell that the budget's not really high in this movie, based off of the you know characters, because uh, Stephen Amell's uh, brother is in this as Chris Redfield. And if you don't know who Stephen Amell is, he's uh, the Green Arrow uh, CW show, uh, and he's also in the Showtime Heels show, the wrestling show. Um, I'm wondering if they're trying to bite off more than they can chew. Like once again, it's like they want to do what everybody always says is just do the first game story in a movie usually. And it's like, now they're trying to do the first two in one movie. 
I saw a little bit of Code Veronica in there. Um, because oh, they, no, no, yeah, they have elements of that too. So actually, it's three. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's. I'm gonna be a little bit positive. Uh, because I'm still gonna see this no matter what. I've I've gone through all the shitty fucking Resident Evil movies. I'm gonna see what this is all about. Uh, yeah, I have to do this. I mean, I played Survivor. <laughs> I, I've watched all those awful movies. So. Listen, like Claire Redfield, she got two games. She got Resident Evil Two. And then she got Code Veronica, and then we never she heard got Resident Evil Revelations too. Yeah, as well. That that as well. I huh. I like that they're doing this Chris and Claire Redfield um, storyline, and mm. so like I, I'm digging that, but I'm also not digging that they're compacting all the fucking because <laughs> I I think what they're going is they probably know they're not getting a sequel. So they're just like, fuck it. We're just going to, let's, let's jam let's everything. Let's try to do everything at once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole thing, the kids' sake. A bunch of writers got in a room with a whiteboard, and they said, what do we want to include? And people were like, oh, there's scene for Resident Evil. There's scene for Cut Veronica. I love that part. Yeah. Per- said, okay, let's write a script that does all this shit. Look up YouTube videos about the greatest moments in Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck? We don't have enough time to play these fucking games. That's Where, the quickest route to a boring movie right there. It's just set, piece, set, piece, set, piece, set, piece, set, piece. That's just all the Transformers sequels. I hate to say it, but that's kind of like what it looks like what's going on. Like, at least from these trailers. Do yeah. we know how long the movie's going to be? Probably two-ish hours would be my guess. Maybe like an hour and 50 minutes. But, uh, you know, they have no. the... No? You think no, it's it? a modern movie. It's impossible. A modern movie nowadays has to be two hours or longer. I mean, the credits are going to be 10 minutes, so... I'll even say it'll probably be two hours, thirty minutes. Watch. Uh, Leon looks fucking terrible. I will say that he looks so terrible in this uh, movie. But uh, who's distributing it? Who's in charge of this? Constantine Films, the same fucking company that did the shitty Resident Evil movies last time. Huh? Are they owned by like Platinum Games or or something? I I don't think I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know. Because, I mean, that can help determine what's going to happen with the other stuff. Because if it's like someone like Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is a very, uh, you know, they, they worship the almighty dollar kind of thing. They'll do something like cut down the length of a movie to the point where you can get one more screening in during uh, an average day. That's extra revenue. Huh. So, you know, little things like that can help determine. I, I'm just curious. I just I like to speculate. By the way, the, the director... All his movies, I don't know any any movie at all. They all look like B-rated movies. Why do they keep doing this? Why why are all these companies? Because he doesn't cost anything. They don't want to pay someone who knows what they're doing. But that's a humongous risk. Why are you giving like a franchise movie, like even if it had a reputation as being bad, say what you will. Each one of those movies made more money than the last one, up to a point, and they still made money even when they were like at their worst. Uh, why are people handing off humongous franchise movies to fucking nobodies? That makes no sense. Yeah. They don't all have billions of dollars. And how they did... Look the- at that fucking Mario movie. How many millions of dollars have already been thrown away just to the cast? Chris Pratt, yeah. he's a cool dude. Uh, so, me off. Did we talk about that? I don't know. I don't think we did. <laughs> well, it pisses me off. The Chris Pratt's Mario? Yes! Why did they choose... They only chose Chris Pratt because he's popular. 
They didn't what? choose him because he's a good voice actor or because he's going to bring something to the fucking Mario character. Listen to me, Mario character. Like, Mario has a lot of depth as a character. But still, I saw Chris Pratt, and I was immediately like, fuck this guy. Yeah. But they did win me back with Jack Black as Bowser. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I still wish they – I still am one of those people that wants to put Danny DeVito in everything, and I just wish they would have chose Danny DeVito to be Mario. Yeah. Any, any character. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Danny DeVito could have played Mario. He could have played Luigi. He could have played Toad. He could have played Bowser. I don't give a fuck. He could have played Princess Peach. He could have played Princess Peach. I don't even know the woman that got to play Peach. I didn't recognize her at all. So. <laughs> also, Seth Rogen is fucking Donkey Kong. That sucked my dick. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck, fuck <laughs> Seth Rogen. Um, fuck. But, uh, None of these people are voice actors. <laughs> I hate this. Except yeah. You could make an argument for Jack Black because of all the Kung Fu Panda shit and a bunch Jack of other Black, He's Jack done Black's... a lot of voice acting. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot and of leeway. People are going to say, well, Chris Pratt did voice acting in a Pixar movie. He was in Onward. That's it. And he wasn't exactly stellar in it. Like, if you watch uh, Kung Fu Panda, Jack Black's voice acting kicks ass in those movies. Like, he makes those movies. If anyone else voiced the main character in those movies, they'd suck. Isn't Charlie I'm Day sure. in there as well as Luigi? Yeah, Char- I love Charlie Day. But I don't know. He's going to be Luigi? I don't know. Hey, I'll have to see. Like, I don't want to be down on him like I am Chris Pratt because I genuinely love him. He's great. He was in a, a couple of uh, Guillermo del Toro movies, and he like was always a lot of fun in them. Can we... So, I, this is kind of rare of me being like the Mr. Positive in the thing, but we kind of thought this... Well, I shouldn't say we. The internet thought Sonic was going to be trash, right? Because, like, Jim Carrey is Eggman, oh my god, and, like, who is this person being Sonic? And, like, the movie turned out to be great, maybe. In their defense, Jim Carrey's Eggman was great casting. Yes. But the internet had to bully them into changing the look of Sonic. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they had, we had to. We had, uh, you know, we we had a duty to do that. An obligation (laughs) to save Sonic. Yeah. Sonic has given us so much. We had to be there for him. <laughs> we were. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about that. This, this Mario movie is going to be a buy the numbers moneymaker. Because look at the studio they got Illumination. What do they do? Despicable Me and fucking Minions. Uh, Universal's evolved. Uh, Nintendo is going to maintain a ton of creative control. Marketing is going to be that crazy. Where they're like, like in the new. Um, Mario, Paper Mario? Yeah, in the new Paper Mario, there was an interview with one of the developers, and in the old games, there would be all these different Toads. It's like, you know, Professor Toad, and like, Mayor Toad, and King Toad, and Lady Toad, and all this other stuff. They're not allowed to do that anymore. Nintendo tells them you're only allowed to do one kind of Toad. Vanilla Toad, that's it. Maybe Toadette makes an appearance, but otherwise fuck off. It's just Vanilla Toad, that's all they can do. Like, they're gonna do that shit to this movie to death. They're going to be like, hey, we want to do this interesting thing where Mario like has some character development. No, you can't do that. Mario's not allowed to say that. Mario can't say uh, words where Y is a vowel. That's, he can't do that. He only says A-E-I-O-U. No, no Y vowels. Yeah. We're, we're sorry. We're very serious about this character. Uh, Yoshi, no, he doesn't, he doesn't make that noise. He only makes this noise. Yoshi can only do this. That's the only... No, his saddle can only be red. I'm sorry. That's, uh, that's on the character sheet. You have the, the collar thing, right? Yeah, it's only red. Only red saddle for Yoshi. You're not allowed to change that. Did they say it's going to be? We think it would be really interesting if. Yeah, we think it would be interesting if we sued you into the grid. <laughs> <So, laughs> they're going to buy committee this movie to death and it's going to suck. And they're already doing it because they're like, who's going to make the most money? Chris Pratt. Not who's the best Mario. 
Charles Martinet. I, I know, I know, Charles Martinet can't carry a whole movie, but they should have. They should have auditioned voice actors. You know, people whose whole profession is based around this, who can kind of like capture what Charles Martinet has been doing for the last twenty years, like kind of in that range. So this is going to be an animated, or is it live action? I thought it was animated. But people know. are acting like these people are going to play the characters, but I'm pretty sure that's bullshit. I mean, it's Illumination. They make animated movies, guys. Come on. Uh, uh, to kind of go back, because uh, I, I I wanted to ask Zach a question. They made Wesker seem like a good guy in the trailer and like Birkin the bad guy, like he's the main villain. Do you think... They also, they also made Wesker have a relationship with Jill, which never fucking happened. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also weird. It's very strange. Yeah, so they definitely Hollywood some of the stuff in here. Uh, uh, and some of the scenes kind of looked Silent Hillish to me with some of the oh, monsters. A touch. Yeah, so I, I don't know. And I just want to point this out, by the way, uh, because if you're a fan of the game, you'll know these characters' names. Claire's in it. Jill is in it. Leon is in it. Um, Chris. Mr. Kennedy. Cheap Brian Ironson is in it. Ben the reporter is in in it. Uh, Annette Birkin, Sherry Birkin. They also they also make Irons. It doesn't really look like Irons is like a huge scumbag asshole anymore either. Yeah, it's really fucking strange. <laughs> Neil McDonough is fucking William Birkin, which he's he's always in like every fucking video game movie. He was in the uh, Street Fighter Chun Li movie. He was fucking Bison. Um, what? Yeah. That guy's bison. <laughs> Ada Wong is in it. Brad fucking Vickers is in it. Uh, they also have the the turnaround zombie in Resident Evil One. He's actually IMDb in it as turnaround the, zombie. The turnaround zombie, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Settle down, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what yeah. I said was true. They're trying to cram it as much as they can. The turnaround zombie. Yeah. It's pretty iconic. It is iconic. Yeah. So, looks like a lot of fan service. Will it be good? I'm having a cautious optimistic attitude right now because i have a i have a feeling it's going to be bad and not get a sequel or it will make it i have a strong suspicion (laughs) yeah but uh other than that i I, there is no other news to talk about uh nothing earth shattering yet Uh, what is the next like big like game thing that's coming out like conference red just came out yeah, that's oh, yeah. Oh, um, I mean, it's it's Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Now's the time to release the stuff they announced. Yeah. So yeah, uh, my my t- three next games I'm probably getting is NHL 22, fucking Metroid Dread, and then Far Cry 6. Uh, there's a conference. There's a Nintendo Direct coming up about Animal Crossing. What do you think about that? I uh, don't care. Me either. They're they're adding. Brewster, and the <laughs> coffee shop. When are they going to release the 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 second tier of Nintendo Online so I can play Nintendo sixty four games? Did they? Didn't... <gasps> we don't know. Oh, because that's what I'm more excited about than anything in Nintendo right now, besides Bayonetta three. Uh, but I think we'll end it here. It was kind of beefy episode. Remember House of the Dead uh, next week. Uh, Thursday, we're finally getting back to getting some color. Um, so yes, WWF Monday Night Raw, uh, 1993, and then WCW Saturday Night 
And was no, it... there's just a Monday Night Raw that's left. Oh shit! So we're just doing a Raw, and then it's it's Raw. We're supposed to do a ranking. I think we're probably gonna just not do that because there's been way too many schedule fluctuations. And I don't think we can remember that good anymore. Yeah, and <laughs> next month we'll be doing fucking full gear pay per view. So yeah, so watch out for that for AEW. Um, what's that? Nothing. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to end it here, guys. If you want to catch more Big Trouble Podcasts, make sure you type in Big Trouble Little Podcast on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa, uh, OK Google, fucking Cortana. If you still do Cortana or whatever, I'm pretty sure if you, t- you say, look up Big Trouble Little Podcast, you'll find us. Uh, but until next time, everybody, peace out. Thanks for listening. <laughs>